0: International
1: House of Horror.
0: And welcome back to the International House of Horrors podcast. Your sanctuary is spooky for all things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre. I am one of your curators here at the house, Joe Merle.
1: And I'm the other one. I'm Josh. Hi, Joe. Hello, Josh. How's it going, man? It's going good. It's been a busy morning for me. I already went to the gym, cooked, and I... We we had to start a bit later because I just got off watching the uh, Twilight Zone episode. I just finished it a few minutes ago.
0: <laughs> ah, that's all right. It happens, man. Sometimes, you know, you just you, you get a little bit behind and that's OK. That's the beauty of doing this a little bit earlier in the morning is even if something comes up, we don't really have to worry about it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, you're, you're not getting too close to football time, which is <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good. <laughs>
0: Yes, and we're. Um, so you mentioned the Twilight Zone. Let's uh, let's just kick it off there, like we do every week. I do have to say, though, this past week I got the opportunity to watch the Twilight Zone at the movie theater on the big screen, and it was it was amazing. It was amazing <laughs> for for many reasons. Uh, the first being that I went with my brother was my date to the to the movie. Uh, which is always cool because I don't get to see him a ton. So seeing my little brother was great. But sitting on the other side of me was Shelly, who's been a longtime friend and listener to both shows that I do. So she actually listens to this show. Oh, hi, Uh, (laughs) Shelly. Yeah, and she listens to uh, those movie guys as well. So it was really neat. And they showed a small, maybe 30-minute short documentary at the end remembering Rod Serling. And they had archive a lot of archive footage of him talking and I could have just sat and listened to him for three hours straight. It it was unbelievable. I, I knew a lot about the man, but they showed some footage that I had never really seen before. And just his passion about life and everything that he was doing, everything like the, the very idea he's like, if you ever get any kind of idea, don't wait. He's like, just start putting it down on paper. He's like all that, that passion, that fire you feel inside you. And the one thing that he said that resonated with me a ton was, don't ever lose your sense of childlike wonder. Always try and view the world as a child. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And then he, they talked about him in the, the war, when he was in the war and the stuff that he had seen, which was pretty crazy, and how his dad had actually died of a heart attack while he was gone. So he never got to say goodbye to his dad. And they tied that really closely to walking distance where Martin Sloan has the ability to talk to his dad and, you know, finally say goodbye. And they're like, Rod struggled with that for so long. And the craziest thing is right before he died, a close family friend, he had said to her, I'm just scared that nobody's ever going to remember me. And that was, (laughs) which is nuts to think about, right? Yeah. And now there's entire, you know, movies dedicated to the guy and podcasts, you know, we talk about it at the beginning of ours, but there's whole podcasts dedicated to the Twilight Zone. And I, I didn't realize he was so young, though. He was only 50 when he died.
1: When he died? Oh, really? Yeah,
0: yeah. He died really young of a heart attack. He was only 50 years old. I had no idea that he was that young. For some reason, I thought he was was a lot older than that, but...
1: I, I- kind of always thought like he was already in his fifties when the twilight zone happened like when you yeah. see him on screen at the end of the episode he he doesn't look that young
0: <laughs> yeah he, he he doesn't look too young but it's um yeah it's just so sad because that guy probably had so much more he could have given to the world but it was really cool really cool to see and Uh, So happy I had that opportunity to see six episodes of The Twilight Zone on the big screen.
1: It was neat. six. Yeah, you you talked about this before, right? So it was was, uh, like um, Monsters Are Due on Maple Street?
0: It was Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, Walking Distance, The Invaders. So the one where you have the woman in the, the cottage with the little alien people who show up. I don't know if you've seen that one. I, don't, I won't spoil I, it. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> we will get to it eventually. So you had the invaders, and then uh, Eye of the Beholder.
1: I've seen that one. Yeah.
0: Um, to serve man, and what's the last one that I'm missing? She so had oh, uh, time enough at last was the oh okay the last of course yeah. yeah yeah that's the you know the quintessential Twilight Zone episode. But today, we are here to talk about Long Live Walter Jameson. It's episode 24 from season one. It was directed by Tony Leader, written by Charles Beaumont, and the original air date was March 18th, 1960. You had Kevin McCarthy plays Walter Jameson, Edgar... Uh, St- uh, Stally, Staley? 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 Maybe he's German. Yeah, yeah it could see. be. Uh, plays Professor... Oh, Samuel Kittage,
1: oh, okay. yeah. Uh, Estelle
0: Yeah. Estelle Winwood as Lorette Bowen, and Dottie Heath as Susanna Kittredge. So I will do the opening narration to the best of my ability, and then we will uh, talk about the episode. Yes. You're looking at Act One, Scene One of A Nightmare, one not restricted to witching hours of dark, rain swept nights. Professor Walter Jameson, popular beyond words, who talks of the past as if it were the present who conjures up the dead as if they were alive. In the, in the view of this man, Professor Samuel Kittredge, Walter Jameson has access to knowledge that couldn't come out of a volume of history, but rather from a book on black magic, which is to say that this nightmare begins at noon. And there we go. And I watched it. Um, this is one I haven't seen that many times. I've seen it enough to where I could tell you what happens, but it's been a while since I sat down and watched it. And it's, uh, you know, another kind of a, I don't want to say time travel episode, but in a way it deals with time. An episode that deals with time.
1: Yeah. Like, we're going to spoil this episode, right? Because this is all about the episode. So this is about uh, immortality. Yes. And uh, so I I wanted to say the thing I, I had to think of when I was watching it was, I think you've seen that movie as well, The Man from Earth. Yeah. Which is... I I felt so many um, things that that fit together with uh, the man from Earth. I'm guessing it was at least in parts inspired by this movie. uh, Oh, I'm sure. Because, yeah, there's this, there's just the idea. Okay, yeah, there's this guy and he's been around forever. Like here they say he's been uh, alive for 2000 years, I think, is when he met the the shaman that, uh, the the alchemist that... um,
0: Gave him this ability, yeah, to live Yeah. To live forever, and the thing is, though, he's not immortal in the sense that he can't die. He just, he can, but the... He doesn't age. Right, he doesn't age. So the opportunity to die has never presented itself. And you get straight to the point with this one. It comes on, you know, Serling sets it up and says, hey, this is exactly what's going on. And so we have Walter Jameson, who's looking to get married to another professor at the college where jameson teaches
1: i think she isn't a professor yet she is no 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 she's she's
0: she's the daughter of one of the other professors Ah,
1: okay yeah that cut off for me i just heard he's he wants to marry another professor
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that would have been a very (laughs) different episode of the twilight zone
1: (laughs) Um, he he was about to marry the old guy That would have been that would have been kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. A great end to the episode, yeah. <laughs> right. It'd
0: be very different than any other episode we've seen of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, no, he's not uh... he's not gonna marry the professor. He's yeah. gonna marry the professor's daughter, is the big thing here. And the professor though had sat in on one of Walter Jameson's lectures. And he starts to kind of piece things together. He does a little bit of homework and he discovers a picture in a history book. And he's like, this is you. Like, I don't care what you say. And he's like, oh, well, it's somebody who just looks like me. He's like, well, he's got the same exact mole on his face and all these other defining characteristics. I'm pretty sure this is you that's been around forever. So you better start telling me the truth. And then Walter opens up to him and tells him. He's like, yeah. Straight up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got me. I've been around all this time. And I don't, but he even tells him, he says, I don't know why it works the way it works. I just know that it works because yeah, he, 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 can, he doesn't explain the, it.
1: The old professor, he's really afraid, afraid of dying and he doesn't want to die. So he says like, uh, uh, tell me, tell me, how can I do it? And he's just like, no idea. I just, I met this alchemist. Uh, I w- fell into a coma and then I woke up four weeks later. And since then I haven't aged. Right. <laughs> It's, it's great because also, like, it really helps, like, okay, not giving any information at all, but still enough, it makes sense. Oh,
0: it makes it makes a ton of sense. And I think it addresses the – everyone likes the idea of living forever. But I think practically, you know, Shannon was watching the other night. She turned it on. She didn't finish watching. It. I caught a couple minutes. She was watching Interview with the Vampire, which I always loved Brad Pitt's approach to – you know, a mortality in that movie. Like, this is awful. Like, it's good for a little while, but yeah. without, without the knowledge of our own impending death, it kind of make, it makes life almost seem not pointless, but in some ways, you know, once you've done everything, even if you read every book on the planet, saw every movie, I think you would reach a place of boredom. You'd be like, "There's got to be something more to this than, than
1: just being alive." Yeah. And Then what also comes into this episode a lot is that all the people around you start dying, and right. that's, uh, that, that's just dire. And I've, I've, I, I still remember that still sticks in my, in my head. When I was a bit younger, I once read an article even just about this woman. She was only in her eighties, but she said she couldn't wait to die because all the people around her died with her even her children died before her so she was all alone and she just said i i hope i'm gonna go soon and that's like that that's something you don't think of especially like right now like we are both in the middle of our lives even though you're a few years older than me yeah <laughs> and uh <coughs> but like right right now you're, you're not thinking about everybody you know right now being dead and you maybe being the only one alive that's i like, know that uh, is
0: a tragic thought yeah, it really is just being all alone in the world. Everybody you've ever loved just gone. And that's what happens with Walter Jameson. He, and so he wants to marry. uh What was her first name? Susanna Kittredge. Yeah, he wants to marry her. Her dad is like, no, dude, you're crazy. Like, why would you do that to her? And he's like, well, I can't help falling in love. And even if you tell me no. And he tells his daughter no as well. I, I don't yeah. want you to marry him. He's like, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen anyway. So Walter proposes the idea that they get married that night. Go pack a bag. We're going to take off. We're going to go get married. He's got to go back to his... He goes back to his office for something. I don't remember exactly what he was going back for.
1: Yeah, he, he pulls out a gun. I don't know why, because he just said, let's get married. So yeah. but you could clearly see he was thinking about suicide and probably thought about it before. Right. But just never did it.
0: Never had the... The I don't want to say the balls to do it because I don't think he ever really wanted to, but he does have it there. It's been a thought that he's had. I think that the plot device was put there to inform us that he's had the notion of maybe I should just end it all myself. And then when he gets there over in the corner of the room, we have Lorette Bowen, who we quickly learned that Walter was married to many years ago, but he abandoned her once she got old. And she... Figures out that or no, she sees his pistol on the desk and she grabs it and she ends up shooting him. Like I'm, mean, and she does it because she doesn't want the same thing to happen to Susanna. She doesn't want uh, well, her to be abandoned.
1: She she actually uh, says that he belongs to her and only to her. So she, I think she even more than just thinking that this shouldn't happen to anyone else. She just feels betrayed that he he uh, left her.
0: No, that's fair. Yeah, Yeah. I could see that. And it's uh, so she ends up shooting him, and then Kittred shows up at Jameson's in his study and sees him rapidly, rapidly aging, rapidly aging. And as I was reading about this, I thought it was a really cool technique they used to do it. What what did they use? So they did, because they were filming in black and white... They put age lines on his face in red, and then filmed it in red light. And then they switched; they they pulled the red light off and repra- replaced it with green light, and that brought the age lines out to where you could see them. Because when it was under the red, you couldn't see them at all. Yeah. And then when they switched the two colors, it brought everything out. I was
1: like, man, that's that's, cl- that's clever. That's that's the, the things they came up with in in those times are crazy. Yeah, just to make it work. Even when you yeah.
0: and I were talking about the Hunchback of, or not the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, the Frederick March version of that movie, you had informed yeah. me that's how they had done it with the lighting, bringing lighting up from the bottom and then yeah, exactly. it, taking taking lighting away from other place. But in this part, because they were, or in this instance, because they were doing black and white, they were able to just use the different colors, which I would have never pieced that together. It's like, oh, that's really cool. That's a yeah, neat and idea. It's-
1: it's it's so smart, but you, you wouldn't think of because it's a black and white movie. Why would they use color filters right. on them? Yeah. But yeah, it's it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: really, it's really cool. And it is a good transformation sequence. So he now that he's been shot, his age all catches up to him very quickly. And by the time Susanna gets there, her dad is like, No, don't go in there, don't go in there. And by the time she gets in there, she just sees clothes on the ground with a bunch of dust everywhere. He's now returned yeah. <laughs> returned to the dust.
1: Yeah. Well, he was two thousand years old. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. But um, I I also uh, loved the, the makeup in general. It it looked very realistic. Like often you see these old age makeups that it looks like a guy in old age makeup, but with him it actually well, it wasn't for too long. You didn't see him like that for hours. So maybe it was that, but it looked uh, it looked pretty realistic. Yeah, it still looked really good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: especially for like it, it was still we gotta remember this was a TV show. It was on a television budget. They didn't do movie budgets. I think with with those episodes, it was much less money. But they still do great jobs with all the episodes so far.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really good, and they did a, an awesome job with this. And this is again a reoccurring theme. We will see throughout the twilight zone and have seen up until this point, And it's confronting your own mortality. We we've seen it many times and we'll continue to see it. And even in that documentary that we saw at the movie theater, they had talked about how Serling, that was a big thing for him was this idea of our own fragility and the fact that we won't be around forever, but overall really good episode. Well acted across the board. Yeah. Um, get straight to the point. Put you put you right where you need to be. Tells you a quick story and gives you something to think about. Moving on, you know. Would you want to be immortal? Would you not want to be immortal?
1: Yeah, it's it's a very easy episode. I I'd say like not in the in the uh, subject matter uh, per se, but in the in in the overall. Like there there isn't really that much going on. Like there were like the the episode with the with the graveyard in space. That that was kind of it took me a while to really get what was going on. And here it it's just, you can watch it on the side and you'll know what's happening. Right. It's more about the theme in itself and uh, about the people uh, talking about it. And I, I liked it. And I, I'd recommend to anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, the movie um, uh, that I said earlier, the man, no, from, I earth? The name. The man from earth, yeah. which is a very similar. Like there, there's so many things that, uh, that felt really similar. Yeah, and I really like that movie and it got Tony Todd in it. <laughs> right.
0: You can never be mad when Tony Todd's around. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. I've seen a couple of movies where I was like, shit, this guy's just earning a paycheck right now. Um, <laughs> but this one it's a uh, very good episode. So we'll we'll wrap up with the closing narration, which is actually a short one. Maybe one of the shortest closing narrations we've had. Yeah. So here we go. Let's stop on a long journey and yet another human being returns to the vast nothingness that is the beginning and into dust, the dust that is always the end.
1: He didn't even say the Twilight Zone. Yeah, That's, didn't even say the Twilight crazy. Zone. And
0: <laughs> um, so next week we'll be talking episode 25, if you are following along with us, that which is titled People Are Alike All Over. Great episode. I actually watched it last night I was sitting down here do a, working on a piece of art, and uh, I had watched this episode, Long Live Walter Jameson, and then put the second one on right after that, because I really like People Are Like All Over. It's one of those good I, twist I knew endings. I nothing about it. Yeah, it's I'm, a good one. Um, I'm
1: excited to watch it.
0: <laughs> so now we are going to switch gears and move over to the main topic of the day which you had brought about and uh it's a fun one because it's a huge subset of the horror genre a huge subgenre in the horror world and that is witches movies about witches and or even
1: sometimes about witch hunters i think not not all the movies about witches actually have witches in them similar to uh i i got the idea for this uh for this topic because i uh bought tickets uh, to a play uh that's uh, the crucible um by uh what's what's his name again um uh, uh, the, he also he also wrote death of a salesman what, what's right his,
0: uh, uh steinbeck no no no, no not steinbeck uh, um <laughs>
1: Arthur Miller. That's Arthur a, Miller, damn.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh play people who are really mad at me right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, what yeah, was so,
0: Steinbeck? What was he? Grapes of Wrath? I, I, I don't think. even
1: know. I John Steinbeck, Steinbeck did, doesn't ring a I'm I'm not a theater person though, I gotta say. Yeah,
0: no, Steinbeck did a bunch of I wanna say he did let's Grapes of Wrath. He did uh let's see of Mice and Men and I want to say he did now, – now we're switching gears from a witch podcast to a <laughs> – uh, let's see. Because now I'm curious if I'm correct or not. Uh, yeah, he did The Grapes of Wrath. And then East of Eden – I mean, Steinbeck was huge. He did a ton of stuff. But his biggest was – I don't know. Of Mice and Men or The Grapes of Wrath would be – what those two are both huge of his. So you saw The Crucible. Went to see yeah. a – a play how big of a theater was it in
1: well it's it's the biggest theater around here but it's still i live in a small town like even the big city i live in is comparably small to most other big cities so uh it it was um it it was the biggest uh, thing we have uh, around here but it, it wasn't too big uh uh i i can't tell you how many seats they have there but it was it it was a lot there there was lots of people there okay and uh the the play um it it wasn't the i i looked a bit into the um into the uh the script afterwards uh, and they they changed lots of things for for this uh, version of the play uh it's it's the, it, it was uh, so much fun. And what what I really liked about it is, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's a, probably like one of the fam- most famous plays about the, the witch Salem, trials. Yeah, the Salem
0: yeah. witch trials. And this, so I had done a version of this in high school, but like you said, we had changed, everybody kind of change, changes it up. But if I remember right, and this almost like ties into the Twilight Zone a little bit, he had written this as an allegory of sorts to McCarthyism in the United States and people yeah. being terrified of, you know, neighbors being communists and things like that.
1: Yeah. And also the, the, the communism thing, uh, uh, especially the, um, now what's it called? Where, where they had uh, people blacklisted for the, being, the uh, red scare, the red scare. Yeah. Where they, and he, he was one, he, he, I think went to, to jail even for, uh, uh, because he was a communist or he was... Uh, Accused of being a, a communist? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, okay. And so, yeah, it, it's about... Exactly, and it, it makes so much sense because uh, really that's what it's about. They just took a whole nother context where there's like these this big group of girls. I think it's like 15 girls in, in the play I watched uh, that uh, that are the people that feel when there's a witch there and like they, they say, okay, she's a witch or she isn't and um yeah it's uh so so it's all like it was back then like you could just name anyone you didn't like and they would have problems and one of the episodes
0: of the twilight zone i watched in the theater was the monsters are due on maple street you had mentioned that that's a hundred percent the same thing same like just a group of people standing around and the idea of if someone accuses you, instead of defending yourself, it's easier just to hurry up and accuse someone else to move the
1: spotlight away from you. Yeah, exactly. And um, what I liked uh, in my play, uh, in, in the play that I watched, uh, was that um, they actually had some some awesome horror elements in it, where they like, uh, uh, every now and then they were like, these, these witch parties where the girls were dancing around and, uh, having, having a good time and all the lighting would either change to almost darkness or like some like, um, purple or red colors, uh, that just looked great. And they had, um, in the middle of the stage, they had a big cage that went really high and then, uh, and then, and that whole cage could, uh, could move in a circle. And then around that, there was another uh, on, the, on the, the floor, could also move into any direction. So every now and then, they had people running on the spot while the, the stage would move and while the cage in the, in the background would move. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, and they had, um, now I can't think of her name, but there's this one, I think in the original book, she's, uh, she's a slave of the, of the, uh, of the main guy, uh, Totunga or something. She is like, uh, which in in this play, she's just a neighbor, and she is like she knows about the demons and does all this stuff and in this play, she was in the play for at least three three quarters of the of the play she was just in the background in the cage uh dancing around uh, climbing uh on the on the wall, and like it it was really, really good. And like really scary in parts. She also had this this face paint uh, like a skull, and uh, it it was really well done. And I was uh, I was actually scared a few times by by nice. by how they how they showed it. It was that was really well done. The whole story is really interesting, and it's one that we see in a few of the movies. I want to talk about the whole witch hunting just for your j- just for there's no real proof and that's what we hear all the time like there there have been so many witch hunts that never really were witch hunts there right was no there was they, no they, fact yeah they, in the, just, the, the
0: fucked up way they would test them like hey dunk them in the water if they drown they're
1: human if they don't yeah. they're a witch okay yeah the <laughs> so the good thing was if you drowned and you were human then you would come to heaven, and if you were a witch, of course, they would burn you afterwards, and you would go to hell. <laughs> right,
0: which is, uh, and I've I've seen the play, but it's been so long, but I've seen the movie a few times. Have you seen the Crucible movie?
1: No, I haven't seen the movie.
0: Oh, it's really good. Especially, I mean, so I it's been probably five, six years since I've seen it, but Winona Ryder playing opposite Daniel Day-Lewis. You put Daniel Day-Lewis in anything. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, Daniel Day Lewis plays uh, Proctor, plays John Proctor, which is okay. uh, yeah, which you can never be mad about Daniel Day Lewis. But the movie's good; it's a good adaptation of the of the story. From what I remember, I did enjoy the movie quite a bit.
1: I'm gonna see if I can find that because yeah, the the, the play made me really interested to see more versions of this because I really liked the story. It's uh, it's it's a good story. Like he uh, he was a good writer for sure, Arthur Miller. Yeah, and this one, you know,
0: the, again, it's the the very idea of it is scary of somebody just accusing you of something and you being thrown thrown into this world of madness where people are going to torture you and potentially kill you just yeah. for someone accusing you of one thing or another.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's it's horrible and like that's I think not too long ago I even talked about this movie Mark of the Devil that is basically also the, the same plot but here it's not uh, some random girls in the town accusing people of uh, being witches but instead it's um it's the witch hunters themselves who just abuse people and like y- use their power like there's this one this this one guy who's um who just inherited lots of money and the the, the head judge who is deciding if you're a witch or not he was like torturing this one guy um and said like if he writes over all his earnings then they can get him free and uh he won't be a witch any longer and uh so so that's what happened a lot back then and it's in a few movies
0: yeah that's pretty fucked up (laughs) that's i mean the idea of it is just ah it's bad
1: um (laughs) It really, really is. And uh, let's, let's talk about a few other witch movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then maybe start with, even though one we've talked about, we talked about at length for a long time. But just to mention, I mean, these movies have been around for so long. 1922's Haxon, yeah. which we had both watched. It was on those 100 movies to see before you die list. Yeah.
1: And it, it's super long too, right? Wasn't it long? I feel like it went on for I, a long time. I, I think so, yeah. It's it's super long, but it's really interesting <clears throat> and also it's it's more of a documentary slash uh, horror movie for some reason. <laughs> yeah,
0: but they address the idea that maybe these people were never witches at all. Like what you're doing is, yeah. is wrong because it, it starts way back at the witch trials and even prior to the witch trials. But then when the documentary ends, it's looking at mental illness in the state of the world. And yeah, she wasn't really crazy. She wasn't a witch. She just had, you know, some sort of mental disability.
1: Yeah, it's uh, th- that's what it's about. But what what it really does well is show all these um, uh, all all these depictions of what witches would look like. that right. are actually still kind of scary and kind of work to these days. Like when when you see uh, some of the scenes, I think there's even a scene set in hell, yeah, where you see like the devil and every- and it's. So it 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 goes That's
0: super creepy though. Like that movie still had some moments where I was like, "Man, I cannot believe they were doing this stuff with the effects back then."
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh also like I think the the um the night of the witches that that they show uh, was really cool where all these witches are dancing around. I think that happened in the documentary as well. Yeah, we, we've talked about. it. I haven't seen it in 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 quite some time, but it yeah. is It is amazing. You know what's
0: crazy is, and I think you may have mentioned this before, if Germany would have never decided, hey, we want to start all these world wars and shit, I really think you guys could have been a cinematic powerhouse. Like, with everything that started back at the turn of the century, you know, this stuff in the 20s and yeah. even prior, like, all the greatest minds in filmmaking, you go back. It's all kind of stems from the Germans, like, all the biggest things that happened. But then as soon as you start all these crazy wars, everybody ran away and was like, I need to get out of Germany. I need to go make movies somewhere else.
1: Yeah, that that's the problem. Like, the all, all the big minds. I think uh, Karl Lemle was also German. Yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, who founded Universal, <laughs> uh, which, is, yeah, so... I I think so yeah if Germany wouldn't have started all these world wars we would we would be Hollywood right here. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You'd maybe not Hollywood itself but really really close. You would have been you but who knows? I mean it is possible because like you said if you go back to like all of the influential filmmaking when people first started getting into making movies so much of it came from Germany. Everybody in Germany was thinking different with all the you know all the um What's the term I'm looking for? German uh, expressionism. All yeah. of the expressionism that came out of Germany was just unbelievable. It's stuff that nobody else was doing at the time and
1: Yeah, I think we were we were like the the masters of the like the horror really of the of all those things. Okay, we also did like um uh we have Metropolis which was the first big sci-fi uh, yeah. epic. But uh, I think that the U.S. had more of like human stories while Germany had like all these horror stories, ghostly stories, supernatural things.
0: But I I Uh, feel even more than that, the Germans had more of the techniques. They were doing things that were different. They were like, hey, do this, do that. You know, Metropolis, yeah, it's a super old movie, but that was such an amazing accomplishment. And, of course, you're talking about not only one of the greatest German directors of all time, but one of the greatest directors, period, period. Who had ever gotten behind a gotten behind a camera? But yeah, then you had to go start some world wars and shit, and everybody ran away. It's like, <laughs> yeah, sadly, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, so Haxton is cool. If you've never seen it, it's on. I think I watched it on YouTube, or maybe yeah, I it was, think
1: it's on YouTube in a really good quality as well.
0: Yeah, or maybe I saw it on Criterion. It was on one of them, Criterion or YouTube. But it is available. You can watch Probably it. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's it's one that actually I think I would like to own at some point because it's it's one of those movies, you know. I think it's awesome to pull it out of your shelf and say, "Yeah, I own this." Yeah, and I, I would like that. to see
0: a cool version of it where maybe you get some, you know, intellectuals discussing the movie and its its relevance yeah. to not only making movies but just at the time because watching it today, I'm I'm just still so shocked at what they got away with doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz wasn't there a witch eating a baby? Didn't she put the baby I, I in the thing? So, yeah. yeah, she was like mixing the baby up in a cauldron or like beating it
1: on a rock and then drinking its blood or something crazy? It it was completely fucked up. I I think uh yeah, it it was uh either Danish or Swedish, so those those people were crazy anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it was um it was cool though. So uh, I've got a whole mess of witch. I didn't realize how many witch movies I like but yes, when same, I started yeah. looking I, through. But why don't you start us off and we'll just kind of go back and forth and talk about some stuff.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. So um, one that I totally forgot about when talking about witch movies, but maybe because we don't really see the witch in the movie, but it's even in the title, is The Player Witch Project. Yeah, which absolutely. I, I, I didn't even think of that movie when I thought of witch movies. But And we talked about this movie, I think, last week, yeah, I and think... we did a whole episode on the franchise, so I just wanted to throw it out there. The Blair Witch Project is still, <laughs> after all, about a witch in the Blair Forest, I think.
0: Yeah, Burkittsville. Burkittsville, uh, Maryland is where they were at. But you're right, that is 100% a witch movie, even if you never get to truly see the witch, which is almost scarier is is not seeing
1: it. i mean what what if in that last scene where she's walking through the house and looking if she can find anything instead of a guy just standing in a corner staring at the wall there was like an old lady with a crooked nose yeah i'm not sure (laughs) if that would have been scarier right
0: (laughs) then they did do the fee i know my copy has a few different endings on it there was one ending that i really liked i think the ending they chose is the best ending him just standing in the corner is super unsettling But there was an ending where he's just hanging from a rafter, like by his neck. That was pretty good. But yeah, there are a few different endings out there to it. But the one they chose was, man, it's
1: creepy. Creepy, creepy,
0: creepy. And we did see the witch though in the 2015, was it 2015 version?
1: I think 16, but yeah. 16, somewhere in there,
0: 15 or 16. But you do see the witch who you only see for a second, but you remember she's moving through the house and you can only see the reflection She's got a mirror and she's looking behind her because you can't ever look at the yeah. witch or else you'll die.
1: Yeah, but I think that's, that's the only thing how it works is just showing glimpses of her. Right, because right. Yeah, once you see her in whole, it's probably going to be bad.
0: And it's not as scary anymore.
1: All right, yeah, so exactly. let's
0: talk about some witch movies that maybe we have not talked about at length on this podcast before. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what, what do you have?
0: As um. So the first one that I want to bring up because it's one of my personal favorite movies – Part of a trilogy, part of the Three Mothers trilogy. Um, uh, 1977 Suspiria is just so yeah. good. And even the 2018 I really enjoyed. I, yeah. I it was too long, like it went on forever. But the the whole black mass thing was uh super just fucking crazy at the the end of that movie when she's down in the basement, dungeon, church, whatever it is. Super I gotta say, I
1: still, I still haven't finished the remake of Suspiria. Yeah, because it's like yeah, it's, eight it's hours so long. long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, not that I've- long,
0: but it's uh, it is good. But the original, the '77 one, you and I, I know, both thoroughly enjoy Dario Argento. Maybe his best work. You know, Probably, there's yeah. there's some other stuff that I think you could argue a little bit, but Suspiria just works on so many levels. From the opening music, that goblin score, ah, it makes you feel like okay, this is about witches or something creepy. It's um, and the lighting in that, and there is nothing scarier. I think when it comes to witches, like you had said, the idea of a witch whose crooked nose really covered in warts and boils and 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 scary looking, whereas in this, the witches are all just normal, sweet little old ladies who you would you know for the most part you would never consider a threat
1: yeah that, that's what we we get more and more um is that witches aren't the the crooked old people that we know from the fairy tales but instead are like just normal normal people like there's the whole american horror story uh, uh coven uh, that is all about the the witches coven and it's all normal people you wouldn't see it from the outside that they are witches right
0: which, even though yeah. a couple are on my list they they are the crooked nose witches but not in this instance and argento is just so i mean the lighting the special effects the death sequences the colors the colors the colors are so good such just bright violent blues and reds and greens all intertwined together it's just um you know i don't know maybe one of the top three witch movies
1: because it's just so good like everything about it is just great it's also just one of the best horror movies like in period no no witch has to be in there it's just a great horror movie and yeah it, it just works from beginning to end and i think even though it always when you think about Susperia, at least for me i always feel like that's at least two hours long but i think it's not that long right
0: now i don't know let me see if i can pull it up real quick hour and 40 minutes yeah, yeah. so it's not not super long
1: but and even de- de- the little de-
0: thumbnails i'm looking at right here is just all colors yes yeah, uh,
1: and what was her yeah. name
0: jessica jessica harper am i thinking of her name right
1: sounds right who knows yeah Jessica Harper yeah
0: yeah she did such a good job in that she was great as the lead um okay for sure so Suspiria and and I know the the score oh that I've got it I love Goblin I've got it on vinyl the the score to Suspiria and I've thrown it on a couple times and it's in my Apple music I'm so weird like that there'll be times I'm just driving around listening to horror movie scores
1: it's, it's great yeah <laughs> yeah and even though you, you gotta say especially with goblin it's almost it's, it's more than just a score like goblin they, they are one of those like they when i first heard of goblin i hadn't seen any movies they worked on and i just i i like how does this work uh, uh, a sc- a band that does a score yeah that that can't go right but it works perfectly it's almost rock opera yeah. In, yeah, exactly. in a lot they, they of They just leave off the singer basically. Right. Even though sometimes they even have voices in there. Yeah, well with Suspiria you've got the weird chanting.
0: Almost yeah. you know you can like close your eyes and almost see it in your head like some some sort of black magic taking place with what's going on with the music. They are, you're right. Goblin is great.
1: Do you know the uh, the European <coughs> cut of uh, Dawn of the Dead has the Goblin score?
0: And, and I still have a friend of mine, let me borrow that. I need to return it at some point, but I still haven't watched it. It's the three, like three and a half hour super cut where it's all of them put together.
1: That That's the one I have. It's not that good. No? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the problem is that it's literally just everything in and there, there's no co- coherence like both Romero and uh, Argento both had their thoughts on when they cut something out of it and here someone just said okay let's put it all together right <laughs> and so I, I only have seen that cut so far and it it gets boring after a while because it's so long and there's well no to end. your point
0: <laughs> yeah they the directors determined this doesn't carry the story forward i'm going to take this out and i still want to see it regardless to see all yeah. the yeah to see what it is but I've seen the American cut more than anything else. The, the U S version of Dawn of the dead. Um, all right. So what do you got on, uh, your list over uh, there?
1: Let's see the next one. Um, it, it's one you, you brought up when we, uh, when, when I brought up the, the topic in general, it's, uh, the witch. Oh yes. The, the, the witch. <laughs> yeah. Witch. It's, I, I've seen that one in, in, uh, in the cinema. I think that's the, Maybe even the only witches movie so far I've seen in the theater. That oh, was so good. It's so amazing. So, and it, it
0: was wasn't it Robert Eggers' first movie?
1: Was it his I first? Think so yeah, or really I think close, so, yeah. like
0: maybe his first big movie. But yeah, maybe uh, he made a short or something. But I know he kind of came out of nowhere with this movie, and in, in uh, at least in the circles. The circle of friends that I talk to, it is a little bit polarizing. I know people who really like it, but then I know people who didn't like it at all. I'm of the camp who I think it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. like. Or you know what? The but- biggest complaint I heard was the dialogue. People said they couldn't <laughs> understand the dialogue. And I'm like, well, you kind of got to get over that and figure it out a little bit. Because I felt like I didn't struggle with anything of
1: knowing what they were talking about. I got to say, I got a big advantage uh, in this one because, like I said, I saw it in the theater and our theater had a dubbed version. So I saw the German dub and they didn't have... They they talked a bit old style, but they didn't go completely like, you don't understand it. Old. Oh, okay. So uh, I had <laughs> I had no problem with understanding it and it still worked. I think for me, it's the even even if you wouldn't hear the dialogue at all i don't think the dialogue is that important in that movie it's all about the the the, the scenes like it it just looks great it's um oh
0: yeah as a period the, piece it's beautiful i feel like yeah. the attention to detail was so spot on
1: yeah and it's it's cut perfectly like the i i still remember one of the edits where it's like uh something crazy is happening and then it it cuts uh straight cut to Black Philip the goat, to his face, and I had to laugh, but not because it was funny, but more because of, you know, this, this relief after something really scary happens and then just something unexpected. I, I just had to laugh in the theater out of just fear, basically. And... <laughs> right. The,
0: and Anya the, Taylor-Joy did such a good job. She, I
1: like her so much. Yeah, this I, was her breakout performance, right? She, I think she so, did few, yeah. Yeah, and... But the the movie is just great. It's just... So uh, we're,
0: we're set in, for anyone who's unfamiliar, we're set in, I don't know, uh, like 1630 or 40, somewhere in the mid 1600s. And you have a family who is ostracized. Is that the right word? Ostracized by the church?
1: You're asking the German guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to but know yeah, this it, stuff. But it, they're, it they're essentially right, yeah.
0: banished from the church. And do you so remember they, what for? I I, do, I feel like the dad was some um. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly why they took off. They I think they didn't agree with the dad. Didn't agree with the direction the church was going in.
1: That Maybe could be. I I don't remember it at all. I I can't tell you. Yeah, I want to um,
0: say. Um, And I was correct. Ostracized. Okay. I actually do know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I think he didn't agree with them. Something happened in the church, and they end up out on their own, which at this time was, I don't want to say it was a death sentence, but it was close to it. You needed community back then in order to survive. You couldn't couldn't just be some loner hanging out in your apartment, playing video games all day, watching (laughs) porn on the internet. You needed other people around you. Because you couldn't, in a lot of ways, it was hard to physically do everything on your own, you know, to cut all the firewood, to heat your house, to do the hunting. And at one point, Anya Taylor-Joy is supposed to be watching her little brother, and she is watching him, and then all of a sudden he takes off and he's just gone. Gets, you know, sucked into the
1: woods. Well, you're saying he takes off as if he was uh, like running away, but this is like a baby. Right, right, like right, she, right. She has the baby set up in front of her and she does the display with her where she covers her eyes and says, boo. And then it's it's once again perfectly cut where we see her face. She makes boo and the kid He's is gone. there and it's laughing. Yeah. And she again, boo and it's gone. Yeah. And she. I think then you just see something moving in the woods. That's and right. Then, yeah. And then shortly after, I think, is when you see... That's the only time you see a witch in this movie, I think. Well, no, than, you see... Like,
0: I think you see all of them at the... Spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, because you see them at the
1: end dancing around oh, the fire, right? Yeah. When
0: she goes floating up into the air. Yeah, and right. And all of the witches but are there.
1: We, we see this, this one witch, uh, like... Bathing in the baby's blood, which oh, is like, was, yeah, that was re- fucked really fucked up. Like even even today, like you don't kill babies in movies. No, <laughs> no, you
0: don't. And in this, you're right. She, she's, you, ugh, yeah, it's just bad. It even gives me the the heebie jeebies just thinking about it. But yeah. and, and what what got me with this movie where I was like, yes, this guy actually went there. I thought it was fantastic because the whole movie is just a period piece and. You get some stuff with like the cows being slaughtered and Black Phillip. you never really know throughout the whole movie if if this is just some sort of paranoia. They're trying to find a scapegoat for something that happened to the baby. As the viewer, like, like you said, we saw the baby just disappear. So we know something nefarious is happening here. But when you get to the end of this, when I was in the theater and Black Phillips spoke those first words, <laughs> it blew me away. I was like, what? You really are doing it. You've got a talking goat. And um, what does he tell her something about? Do you want to live deliciously or something like that? And he delivers these great lines. And yeah. then we get <sighs> Anya Taylor-Joy taking off, uh, stripping down naked and becoming a full on, a full-on witch. But this is a more traditional witch story where I feel yeah. like they, they he did a really good job with telling it but also didn't leave us hanging like was there a witch was there not a witch no these were clearly witches who were in bed with the devil and doing these these wild things out in the woods.
1: Yeah exactly. And I I just looked it up this was Anya Taylor-Joy's first movie like she did she she was uh, uh, an extra in Vampire Academy in 2014. And then was in an episode of uh, uh, let's see what's some endeavor some some show, and then she starred in the witch. That Which was the first movie. In 2015. And she's such.
0: I hope she stays around for a long time because she's such. I know you and I both really enjoyed thoroughbreds. Uh, the most recent season of Peaky Blinder, she was great. In those M Night Shyamalan movies, she's good. She's she's just such a great talent. I hope she yeah, continues she, to continues to get work and find good roles.
1: Yeah, she she's working on like being uh, a new uh well I I'm, I'm not sure if you can call her a scream queen because she's uh she's more on the like on the bad guy side. Like she does horror movies a lot. Yeah, and, which I'm okay yeah, with. She, she is in uh, the Dark Crystal re- uh, uh, a series.
0: Yeah, she was in, she was one of the voices in the Dark Crystal, one of the main voices.
1: Yeah, but everything she did so far, I really liked. Yeah, she's really good.
0: All right, so the witch is awesome from 2015. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, what do you got next
1: on your list? Um, let me see the next one. Um, one that I just want to give a shout out, but I don't remember too much about it. I gotta rewatch it. Is Mario Bava's Black Sunday?
0: Oh yeah, Black Which- Sunday is awesome, man. 1960. Um, like you Black said, white. <laughs> you know, Bava is one of the horror greats. He's a name. If you're a horror fan, you eventually reach Mario Bava one way or another because yeah. he influenced so many other people moving forward. And it's, uh, you know, and it's been a while since I've seen Black Sunday, but this is more of the witch trials, the lore that you find out of there. You're burning a witch at the stake and she condemns everybody in a certain town or a certain bloodline of people. This is something that happens quite a bit in witch stories. Yeah, true. And then she, um, which uh, I like in this one though, she brings back to life a bunch of like helpers, almost like henchmen from the dead who are going to enact her vengeance for her. And it's done in Bava style, which, you know, if you're unfamiliar with Mario Bava, uh, the guy's one of the, probably top 10 greatest horror directors, creators of all time.
1: Yeah. And he's like, he is the reason uh, we got Suspiria, for example, because uh, Argento was like a big fan of Bava and like became close friends with Lamberto Bava with his, uh, with his son. Who Um, also uh, did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. The demons. Right. (laughs) Which is so, he, he he wasn't as artistic as Bava, but but he was fun. He was fun.
0: I love that first demons movie. With the motorcycles in the movie theater,
1: it's just so good. It's just great, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think Black Sunday might be coming up on our list, because I know it's on a lot of lists as some of the greatest horror movies of all time. So it's it's there's a real good chance we're going to run into it later on. So maybe after you rewatch it, we can discuss it a little more in depth. But for me, it's always been, this is the witch story. Like if you were to you know just tell a very basic generic witch story they're getting burned at the stake and they curse everybody and now the town has to deal with the aftermath of this witch's curse
1: yeah exactly and i'm i'm still waiting for that um i ordered a box set a mario bava box set i think uh at the beginning of this year because i had oh you told uh, me
0: about that yeah
1: yeah it's it it was supposed to be released on uh, December 31st, uh, 2019, which I guess was just like a date because it's, it's just coming a, at yeah, some point. it's just
0: a, almost nine times out of ten, if they put that date on something, it's just a placeholder date.
1: Yeah, and now they moved it to uh, December 31st, uh, 2020, so I have no idea when it's coming. <laughs> right. But I'm waiting for it. I paid it and I'm going to get it. Hopefully yeah. soon. Hopefully soon. <laughs> that would be great, yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, my one that a lot of people have heard me make a, a joke about on those movie guys, I always do this voice of this this witch going Ed Harley. and this is the one I was talking about the witch actually being a creepy old wart covered shriveled woman who lives out in the woods in isolation, and that is 1988's Pumpkinhead, which you you don't normally think of this as a witch movie. But she was such a pivotal character in that she's the one who knows the incantation to bring Pumpkinhead back to life in order to enact the revenge for whoever came to the witch. And in this case, it's Lance Henriksen. His son is killed in a motorcycle accident. And it truly is an accident. This kid didn't mean to, this teenager didn't mean to kill this little boy. He goes out into the woods talking to this old witch lady. She does all these Uh, you know, the big cauldron and, uh, you know, put in blood of this and blood of that and tree root and whatever the case may be. And she brings back or she brings Pumpkinhead to life, who then is an unstoppable force. Once you bring Pumpkinhead out, there's no way to stop Pumpkinhead. But I I picked this one because I feel this is one of those few versions of witches where you actually see the the scary kind of folktale which the, the cautionary tale that you would tell to children to keep them out of the woods or something like that. If you go into the woods, you know, old whoever might snatch you up. And the Hansel and Gretel thing where there's somebody out there who might snatch you up. And I always love the witch in this movie. She looks so good. She's so creepy and disgusting. And I think Stan Winston did all the effects for Pumpkinhead. So that's why she looks as good as she does.
1: I actually haven't seen Pumpkinhead yet because that's I it. Don't Podcast even know over. Podcast over. We're done. No more. <laughs> no more international house of horrors. <laughs> I I don't even know if it's released at all over here. So uh, yeah, that's that's... such a bummer because it's
0: such a good movie. Such a good yeah. movie.
1: And I I really want to see it. I got like I I think I got one DVD here. Pumpkinhead: Ashes to Ashes. Right. But I didn't want to watch that. Before I have to see the original. <laughs> no, I
0: want to say there was two or three sequels. I know there was Blood Wings, Ashes to Ashes. That might be it. It might just be Blood Wings and Ashes to Ashes. But okay. uh, no, the then the, the sequels are pretty silly. But that first one is is such an amazing movie. So much fun.
1: I I really want to see it. Um, and since we're talking about witches that actually look like witches, uh, I'd say um, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Oh, yeah. The uh, the, the uh, Sam old Raimi. lady that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's begging for uh, uh, for, for a loan and then doesn't get it and then curses our main character. <laughs> right. And later on comes back and actually uh, puts her whole chin in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, uh, which is,
0: drag me to hell. And, and again, there's a lot of people that don't like that movie and I don't know why. I don't know because, yes, there's a lot of similarities to The Evil Dead, but it's also Sam Raimi. Those are, you know, the idea of the Deadite and more than anything, I think it's the sound design, the way his monsters sound. They have a very specific, it's almost like there's metal in their voices or some kind of weird drawn out, drawn out noise that goes with it. But I like Drag Me to Hell. I really
1: enjoy Drag that. Drag Me to Hell is, is great. Uh, lots of these witch movies, we got to say, don't have witches as their main characters. For the most part, the witch is uh the incident that that starts the whole thing. Like when when you talked about uh Pumpkinhead, the witch isn't the lead character, but she makes Pumpkinhead. Right. In this one, the witch isn't the main she even dies, I think like twenty or thirty minutes in. The witch is just like uh she curses our main character and then is basically gone. And uh Yeah, so that that happens a lot because I think once you show the witch too much, it gets Comedic? It loses,
0: its, loses, its, yeah,
1: loses its impact. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and there is yes. a
0: relationship that you know. As I was looking through a lot of the the witch movies, there always seems to be a relationship, for the most part, to Satan or the devil. Where a lot of the witches draw their power from, because at times, you know, as I was thinking about this, for instance, Rosemary's Baby. Are they witches? Th- would you call that's them That's what witches? i was thinking yeah, yeah. it's
1: the, the same with uh, hereditary i saw on a few on these lists where it's like is it witches or is it just like a devil cult uh, but the
0: thing and i was thinking rosemary's baby they had certain characteristics of witches like using different old
1: they were old, <laughs> they were old. <laughs>
0: No, because I do have a few examples where the witches are not old. Um, But sometimes, though, even when they're not old, they're using magic to give themselves the appearance or maintaining young. But what I was thinking in Rosemary's Baby, whatever that root or whatever it is, you remember they give her the necklace with the the fungus in it or whatever it is, and they feed her the special drinks that she has to take every day, so it seems almost almost like the um i don't know those are just witchy witchy things to do
1: yeah it it feels very much like like what witches would do even though like they're they never stated uh, oh those are witches or there's no real point to them being witches They they could be just like uh satan worshippers, right and uh but yeah I, i've seen them on the list the same with hereditary we're also like they they do all these these curses and have this this uh, event at the end of the movie but i'm not sure i would count them in a list of witch movies
0: yeah i don't i don't know if i would either it's it's one of those things and maybe somebody can write us and let us know if you consider those witch movies or not cuz even one of my favorite modern horror movies the house of the devil i don't know if you'd consider those witches or not i don't yeah. know if they would be witches
1: They were all like that. That's another one on my list. Yeah. it's These are all, uh, they, they came up in, in lots of lists because yeah, it's in the end, it's what witches do. They're just never called witches. Right. And I think that the closest we get to, uh, this kind of group of like, it's, it's always with these groups, right? Usually with, with a witch in a movie, you usually look for like one main witch and not just like a faceless group of uh, magicians basically right right so um (laughs) another one of those would be lots of salem which is especially about witches but even here it's not like we have like witches really being in the movie doing much but here they're even called witches so uh at least as far as I remember. <laughs>
0: yeah, they... Lords of Salem, so... When did Lords of Salem come out? Was it after the first Halloween?
1: I think it was Halloween, yeah, then Lords yeah, of Salem, it was then Halloween 2? 2012, II? I think.
0: Yeah. Lords of Salem is a Rob Zombie movie, if you're not familiar. So <laughs> these witches and this idea of the occult is very graphic and very in your face. And you've got... Sherry Moon Zombie, I can't even remember her name in the movie, but she plays a radio DJ who receives a record that she plays over the air and they're in Salem. I want to say she's in Salem. And the so, band yeah. might even, I think the band was called the Lords of Salem. I think that's yeah, where exactly. the name, yeah. The, the,
1: the band that she plays the album from is Lords of Salem, yeah. And she slowly becomes
0: more and more corrupted and pulled deeper into this dark world of witches and Satanism. And you get this really bizarre finale, really bizarre, <laughs> of like faceless, gross, monster, priest characters And, but that one deals directly with Salem, Massachusetts, which is one of the biggest hotspots in the United States because of the Salem witch trials, those seven or eight years when everybody was accused of being a witch. I'm not a huge fan of the Lords of Salem. I think it's fine. I think it's Rob Zombie's best shot movie. I think he did a really good job. Like the cinematography is good. I feel like he really branched out and did something cool. But it looks like
1: an actual movie and not as grimy as his usual stuff.
0: Yeah. And I, I really hate to say it, but I feel like if you would put anybody but his wife in that lead role, put somebody <laughs> in who's got a little bit better acting chops and you, you might have had something really cool here. But it's hard. <laughs> I mean, I like Sherry Moon Zombie, but man, it's it's hard because she's not the most talented actress on the planet.
1: yeah. <laughs> It's but tough, when you man. said you don't know her name she's just Cherry Moon yeah she's always the same exact person she's always just Cherry Moon zombie right and he he probably wrote her into the script as Cherry Moon zombie there's there's yeah it's
0: <laughs> yeah there's not a a whole lot there so it's fine um my next one up is one that I I still find as a kid it terrified me as a kid I was very scared of this movie as an adult I know this movie was made four children and four children to be a little bit scared but it's 1990s the witches which i don't know if you've ever seen the witches no i haven't so it's directed by nicholas uh, how do you say it?
1: rogue rogue uh, he,
0: he did don't look he, now
1: yeah i think i think he might be german as well it might be rogue i don't know uh, le, let me see that's but yeah not, rogue maybe yeah roeg no he's he's british Okay. Yeah, so, I have no idea. <laughs>
0: and I want to say the book was written by uh, Roald Dahl. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very cool. And Roald Dahl, though, he had some very creepy elements in a lot of his books. Even though he wrote for children, he still had a lot of creepy elements in a lot of his books. And why I wanted to bring this up and why I think this movie is still so great is all of the effects, or at least the majority of the effects, were done by the Jim Henson Workshop. And you've got Angelica Houston, who plays a lead witch. And there's this amazing... If you can find this movie, I really want you to watch it because there's this amazing transformation sequences or sequence. You've got this coven of witches who are all meeting at this grand hotel, this great big hotel where this little boy happens to be with his grandmother for a vacation. He uncovers the plot of The Witches, who are developing a plan to ch- turn all children into mice. They've got this <laughs> formula where they're going to turn all children into mice, but there's this beautiful scene where they're all in the, even if I'll, I'll try and look it up to see if I can just find you that sequence. Cause it's so good. All I think these, I found
1: a movie uh, to to rent. So I'm oh, gonna perfect. watch it soon, I think. Yeah.
0: Where all these witches are, you know, pulling their, their wigs off and they have these disgusting scalps underneath and like pulling whole faces off and these long noses grow out, uh <laughs> like taking their gloves off and they have these huge disfigured hands. It's um it's just such a great sequence. And then the little boy turns into a mouse, and he's running away from all of them, and they're now the rest of the movie trying to find him because they know that he can foil their plot to turn all these children into, into witches. But just the, the imagery itself is worth watching this movie because they are the really scary-looking, gross witches. And as a kid, man, it freaked <laughs> me out, really freaked me out. Me and my brother used to watch it all the time. I absolutely loved it.
1: That that sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna see that. I can watch it. I I want to see it, and uh, I I'll I'll get to it. <laughs> All right,
0: you make it and, happen. Pumpkinhead and the witches.
1: Yeah, Pumpkinhead is harder to find. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is. But I I, I get to it. Uh, uh, since we're talking about uh, like kids' movies, uh, one that I wanted to bring up is, um, well, in in general, The Wizard of Oz has a pretty yeah pretty evil witch like the. The the wicked witch uh, with the with the green face and also the nose. She's she's like pretty standard witch stuff, but also I think almost as scary as Return to Oz. And you know where- what's you know what's wild is Shane
0: has never seen it. We watched about half of it the other night before she got tired, so I turned it off. I was like, okay, I want to watch this with you. I don't want to watch it without you, mm-hmm. and because it's on Disney Plus, they put uh, Return to Oz on there, and I love Return to Oz. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, me too. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> and what I,
0: I, I had forgotten about it, because it's probably been 20 years since I've seen Return to Oz. I forgot how dark the beginning was, that they were sending Dorothy to a hospital to get electroshock therapy because they thought she was
1: crazy for, for right. saying all of the Oz stuff well she 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 kind of was right like I yeah mean- that's true <laughs> but yeah electroshock therapy is on a, never on the a child dance. on a spot yeah. yeah
0: and she's even got the the little pieces you put on the head and they're like nye, nye, and she's yeah. showing the camera like hey we're about to fry this kid's brain
1: yeah but then again this movie doesn't get less scary throughout like there's these these wheelers these these big yeah. guys with the- it's it's just this movie is horrible I think it's very <laughs>
0: scary. It's so much scarier than the original Wizard of Oz. So much more terrifying than
1: the original. Yeah, yeah. It's, the it's wheelers more terrifying than most kids' movies. <laughs> yeah,
0: the wheelers and the all the different characters. I love the the little Tin Man from the army from the the yeah. uh, the Oz army or whatever it was. And then you've got the pump. I don't remember what they called him. It wasn't Pumpkin Jack, but it was something like that. He yes. was the the pumpkin head guy.
1: But yeah, Return to Oz is great.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, I and forgot how the, much I enjoyed it. The witch it.
1: here is uh, special because she can, like, change her face, I think. Yeah, That's, yeah. And so, like, there, there's this room of the witch with, with all the different faces. Faces it's, on the wall.
0: Yeah, it's creepy, man. It's super it's, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Meant for children, but still very unsettling. And you kind of have to watch it through that, uh, through that lens of, you know, being a kid. And it's hard... I did tell Shane, though, we were having a little bit of a discussion while we were sitting watching, and how do you make a sequel to The Wizard of Oz? I just You you really can't and have everybody like it. There's no way, yeah. because that movie is so beloved around the world that it's hard to make anything. But if anyone listening has not seen Return to Oz, especially with Disney Plus now being available, it's readily available. I know a lot of people have that Disney Plus already. Which Did you guys get it in Germany? Did it launch?
1: We're, we're waiting for it. We're getting it in, I think... The beginning of next year. I'm so going to get it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's good, man. There's a lot of really good stuff on there, but return to Oz for, for sure. And I had a couple on my list, more sexy witches once they started to the same way that the lost boys, I feel sexualized vampires in a way we hadn't really seen before. And there was a different appeal to it. I have two movies one from 96, one from 20 years later in 2016, the first one being The Craft. And after that, a movie that I believe you and I have talked about, both enjoyed, I, I think so, The Love Witch from 2016. I haven't seen
1: The Love Witch yet. Ah, oh,
0: man, you've got to see The Love Witch. If anything, just for the Technicolor
1: approach to it, it is beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. I've heard so many good things about it, but it's another one that's really hard to find, I think. Let me see.
0: <laughs> I know it was streaming over here on a lot of places like Hulu and Prime. I bought it. I want to say I own it. I bought it when it first came out. But while you're looking that up, we'll talk I'm not about. Not
1: streaming at all over here. <laughs> oh,
0: that sucks. Uh, we'll talk about 1996's The Craft. Have you seen The Craft? No. <laughs> Damn it, Josh. <laughs> you're killing me so essentially the craft is uh does for which is what the lost boys did for vampires you have a group of high school girls who get into wicca and initially it's very innocent they do little things like hey make this boy love me or make this girl not as beautiful as she is But then it spirals out of control and the witchcraft gets much, much darker. The craft was insanely popular over here. In 96, there was a lot of people that were really into it. I mean, 96 is a year for horror. A lot of stuff was a very young, attractive cast who you you know can i don't want to say exploit for just being pretty and being on screen but in a lot of ways that's what a lot of directors did you know it was 90s was not the best time for horror there was some great horror in there but there was a, also a lot of very not good horror yeah. at the same time but the craft is cool if you get a chance you should watch it just for its cultural relevance and then the love witch is absolutely stunning it's i could watch the love witch with no sound whatsoever and still thoroughly enjoy that movie it's so beautiful so I just, beautiful.
1: it's it's to buy on on Amazon and I just uh, put it in my in my uh uh, uh buy I'm going to buy it. Yeah, <laughs> you won't
0: I, I I don't think you'll be mad owning it. You will not yeah. be mad owning it.
1: Yeah, it it also just looks cool. Like it's got a cool cover so that's already enough. <laughs> I'm
0: telling you man, you're going to be just blown away by how pretty this movie is.
1: So good. I can't wait. So have you seen Finder General yet?
0: So I watched about 20 minutes of it the other night, but I got a little bit too tired. So I'm going <laughs> to restart it soon because it is on YouTube. So I'm yeah. going to restart it and because I don't want to watch it in pieces. I want to watch it from start to finish. I don't really – I'm not a big fan of stopping movies and starting movies again because Same, yeah. a, a lot of movies – you know, you need that buildup and they're building a sort of emotional response. And when you separate that by time, it's hard to get back to that place where you were emotionally when you start the movie back up. So yeah. I, I will rewatch the whole beginning of Witchfinder General and watch the whole because it's not very long, hour and a half maybe.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's not very long. And it's, it's Vincent Price in a role that, even though it's, you would think it's his typical role, I think this is, the one role that we usually don't see him in as just a fucking asshole and a bad right. guy. Right, Like he's he there's nothing good about him at all. Like, usually he is this this char- charismatic villain that's, like, evil, but also you kind of just love Charming. him. Charming, yeah. Yeah, but in this, he's just an asshole, and you hate him.
0: I know, I'm really excited. I like the 20 minutes I had s- seen of it. <laughs> what I watched, I, I enjoyed, so I am excited to finish watching it. And I'll try maybe... I will watch it before next week for sure and then maybe we can talk about it a little bit.
1: Okay, and I'll try to get my hands on the love, which but that already needs uh needs uh, shipping for a few days. <laughs> right. So uh yeah, it's not on Prime for some reason. i oh, to look sucks. into it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that's weird because I feel like that one had a uh I mean it was so well received across the board. I'm surprised they didn't try for bigger distribution and getting it out there. You know, especially on Prime, it's not an old movie. It's not like they got to dig it out of some vault somewhere. It's um,
1: no idea. It's It's, there. It saddens me.
0: (laughs) It it saddens me that you live in Germany, Josh. It saddens me
1: (laughs) because I just got to come back over to the
0: US. Your your country is restricting your movie intake. They're yeah, really making it hard for
1: me. (laughs) They are. All right, so so, I've got one more. All right. I can do
0: one more as well. Yeah, because we're already at an hour 15 minutes. So you do yours and then I'll do uh, my last one, even though I feel like I could talk about another 10 easily. We'll just do a couple (laughs) more. And then maybe anyone listening can send us, you know, what's your favorite witch movie or maybe some witch movies we didn't mention that you think we should check out. So what do you got?
1: The the last one I got on the list is actually one that you brought up, so uh, maybe it's the same you have. It's uh, the Autopsy of Jane Doe. That is, yeah, it's my yeah. last one.
0: It's one of my favorite <laughs> modern horror movies. It's it's so good.
1: It is really good. It's I, I got it on Blu-ray right over there somewhere, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a witch movie that at least when I watched the movie, I didn't yet know that it was gonna be a witch movie. I don't think so anyone, I spoilers, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone
0: <laughs> knew until the end. Until close to the end, when they started figuring it out,
1: yeah, and it's one and- that
0: my my oldest daughter had watched recently, and she really liked it. She had a sleepover with some friends, and they watched it. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, it was super creepy," which um, it is. And you've got, you know, I think what makes this movie work really well is the relationship between Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch. They act so well opposite one another.
1: Yeah, they 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 work well together, and yeah, like the Jane Doe is a buddy for the most part there's not much those two really lead that movie and yeah they're really good and it i think the gore is really good as well like the the typical autopsy scene is uh, really well done
0: oh yeah absolutely and they keep finding different things in her like there was (laughs) like rope inside of her something they're finding all these different things that are like crammed into her throat and all the stuff that had happened and for almost all of this movie we don't know that she's a witch and then yeah. all hell breaks loose at the end of it, which is is really good. But I like that, you know. And I I don't know the director's name. I can't. I don't. I don't remember who directed this. But he did a really good job in a confined space, which is not always easy to film in in one location and have it work. But in this instance, he did a great job, and it's just a really effective horror movie and a movie that ends up being about a witch. It just, it it works on, on every level that you want it to work. And I want to say it's streaming on, maybe it was on Netflix for a long time. I don't know if it's still, Oh yeah. It looks like it's still on Netflix. If you want to watch it there, if you've never seen the autopsy of Jane Doe, I would say, check it out. It's,
1: It's worth a watch. I just looked up the director's name because I wanted to give him credit but it's one that I can't pronounce. I'm just going to look if it's really written, really small on the Blu-ray. So I'm just going to look it up on, uh, uh, on IMDb as well. But yeah, it's, it's another, uh, not an English director. Yeah. He's, he's probably a Swede or something. Oh, okay. Uh, Andre of, of Redal or something. He is uh, the director or writer of Troll Hunter as well.
0: Oh, nice. Troll Hunter is yeah. also super good.
1: Yeah. I I have seen half of that.
0: <laughs> oh, you got to rewatch that. that oh, was, and um,
1: he made uh, scary sco- scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right here. Ah, well, dude's starting to do better and better things, getting bigger budgets, which I like. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Because yeah, now I'm seeing if there's. Oh, but he hasn't done a lot. Uh, yeah, looks he's, like he he's just. Really new. Yeah, just started directing in 2000 and only has nine credits. Uh, to his name but it's kind of nice he's got two things in or one thing in post-production one thing in pre-production and another thing announced so i'll have to follow this guy a little bit because troll Hunter's is awesome autopsy of jane doe was fantastic scary stories to tell in the dark i really enjoyed so who and knows he is
1: he is at least in on imdb uh, it says here he's set to uh direct uh my favorite stephen king story the long walk oh nice which I I I'm still not sure if that book is really adaptable because it's like people walking for hours. Well, I'm sure <laughs> they'll
0: change change things up, or maybe not. Who knows? The you know what was another witch movie that we didn't? Well, was she a witch in uh, *Thinner*, the Stephen King story?
1: I haven't read that yet, so uh, you haven't seen the movie either. I, no, I I always try to see the read the book before I see the movie. So Stephen King. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you have this woman that gets. Um, I want to say the man is getting a blowjob while he's driving. They hit this woman and then she curses him, and she's like thinner, and he just starts to get super skinny and gross.
1: Yeah, but I I, I think <gasps> what I've heard that that's a witch. Yeah, but that, that's the problem. Often it's not really a witch. Like you 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 don't they don't say it, so you don't yeah. really think about it because it's just like some woman who can curse. It could be like. Uh, 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 sometimes they portray an an old Mexican lady. Right. They they, they can magic in movies.
0: (laughs) Right. Or they'll use gypsies where the, the gypsy will come in and know some sort of gypsy curse to do that. But witches, they just are a huge subset of the horror genre. And again, if you have anything that we didn't mention that you feel we should talk about or anything, you're like, hey, how could you forget this amazing witch movie? You know, and there's other kid stuff like Hocus Pocus is a fun, uh, fun witch movie for kids. But there's a ton of it out there. If you want to get any witch content, man, there's more than, more than enough to go around. Even Hansel what and Gretel, should... Witch Hunter. I know a lot of people yeah. didn't like that, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought yeah. It was fun. I was
1: just gonna bring up like we haven't even talked about Hansel and Gretel in, in general because that's I think the image people have of witches. It right. is from that story. And, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, but that was the witch in disguise. You know, all of those old folk tales and old fairy tales were all, well, a lot of them were German too. Again, yeah. the Germans <laughs> showing up and uh, do, really doing big things. You guys just should have never started those wars, man. I feel like you'd be a, you'd be a global powerhouse right now. If you just,
1: <laughs> I, I, now we're doing really poor, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you'd be a.
0: <laughs> now you're known for your weird scat pornography more than anything else. <laughs> uh, I joke, I joke. Um, but no, Hansel and Gretel, yes, as a story is probably the most iconic witch story of all. Yeah,
1: And like uh, I, I've looked uh, when we were talking about the witch, um, Robert Eggers' first movie was Hansel and Gretel, a video or like a short. Ah, okay. So that, that's probably where he got the idea for the witch movie. I think there's also... I think Tim Burton has done a Hansel and Gretel movie. That's actually like, has he done one or has he always? Well, you could on you one? could
0: consider. Well, I don't know if you'd consider it or not, but the Sleepy Hollow. I mean the the uh, the Horseman was brought back by a witch. So is could
1: you consider that? I don't know uh, a witch movie. We, who knows i've uh i've seen uh hansel and kretel get baked <laughs> <laughs> which is uh yeah that, that was a really bad movie uh, yeah that yeah, sounds- there, there, there's one that's supposed to be really good that's a korean hansel and kretel well um,
0: i'm i'm all for the koreans doing almost anything because yeah. they just seem to be putting out winner after winner
1: yeah, and I really want to. I really want to really see that at some point because yeah, Koreans are great in general with horror movies, and uh, yeah. But I, I gotta look up really quick, Hansel and Gretel, Tim Burton, because I'm not sure if he has done like a short or uh, I, something. Uh, maybe
0: I. Yeah, I don't know. I know there was yeah. the Brothers Grimm movie that had come out, and I think that had some witches in it. But yeah,
1: in 1980s, uh, uh, he. Tim Burton shot Hansel and Gretel for TV, uh, which was only shown one time in 1983 on Halloween. Ah, okay. Um, Wow, right now I want to see that because I'm a big Tim Burton fan. But yeah, and Hansel and Gretel is always interesting. Yeah, like I said, man, the the Brothers uh, Grimm—they were crazy.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it looks like yeah that Hansel and Gretel by Tim Burton's on YouTube. So it is? yeah, okay, I know our,
1: what I'm doing after we're done. <laughs> yeah. If this
0: is the same one, I mean, this one's 34 minutes long. So I, uh, and if IMD it was shot for
1: TV, but that might be including advertisements. I don't know.
0: I don't know. But just based on these still images, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really, really bizarre imagery, uh, associated to this. Like a Ooh, weird Vincent witch.
1: price is in there as the host.
0: Uh, you know, Burton loved him some Vincent Price. Yeah, love Vincent Price okay so that is our witches episode all wrapped up and if you want to get into contact with us it's the social media ihoh podcast, or you can email us IHOHpodcast at gmail.com and as always if you would go on to Apple iTunes, or Apple Podcast formerly iTunes and leave a rate and review we would greatly greatly appreciate it that would be wonderful of you to yes. do uh, so for the International House of Horrors I've been Joe Murrow And I've been Josh. And we'll be back next week with more things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre.